hello everybody. Welcome to the EDF Sports Podcast. It is sponsored by TheEverydayFan.com. Go check it out. We got everything in the latest up-to-date sporting news. Go check out the shop. We got all your memorabilia needs. Make your man cave what you always wanted it to be. Enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the EDF Sports Podcast. Today is a special day because tomorrow is one of the best days of the year to me. Now, I know a lot of people love the NFL, and I like me some NFL too, but to me, there is nothing like the NBA draft. Like, it it signifies the season's about to come. We're about to get summer ball. We're about to then go into training camp. Like, basketball season is here when we get to this draft. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right NBA offseasons become as fun as NBA real season because you get free agency, you get, you know, disgruntled superstars on a yearly basis coming out and, you know, big trades happening. And, of course, I, I love seeing people who've worked their whole lives recognize their dreams. That, that goes for, you know, any draft because, you know, the hard work pays off and it's an emotional time. It's time to celebrate with you and your family. And then it's time to get to work, you know, because now – now you're representing a professional sports organization. You're getting paid the big bucks. So it, it, it's go time for these kids from the jump. Like, you know, their summer starts tomorrow night, and I, I couldn't be happier for them. It's you, that feeling every year. You just you just can't help but feel happy for them. You, you know what? It's great that because of what you said. That, and, and, and first of all, thank you. That's Liam. Liam Sarginian. Did I say that right? Sagarian. Sagarian. God, I knew I was going to butcher that. Okay. And Lamar Fields. That one I don't I can't butcher so and Lamar's <laughs> up there. Um, I'm glad you said that though, Liam, because I was on with a bunch of the uh, top draft picks over the last couple of days as they did their media things, and the two things that that really stuck out to me was just that how much of them are are waiting for this moment for their family, you know, the whole idea of being there of experiencing this. Each one of them, to a T, talked about how much they're waiting on that, you know. And 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 unsurprisingly, the other thing they were, everyone 100% was key for, they're going to be on NBA 2K. So, no more no more creating your, your player, right? It's just you, you know. Yeah, right. You're there. So, yeah, they, they you know, that signifies that you have made it, right? Um, what do you think about the draft, Lamar? draft. I think it could be a lot of movement with trades. That's what I'm excited to see if there's going to be any trades that go down and player movement. See, it's, it's, it's cool seeing all these young kids make, having their dream come true and smile and shake hands with the commissioner and all that this year. Yeah. So it'll be pretty nice to see. See, and, and, and what you said too, that makes so much sense. We talk so much and, and I, I don't know, like I'm sure you guys have done this too. I've, I've looked at 40 different mock drafts, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're looking at everything. Everybody's got this thing. And, and, and we forget about all those trades and you have teams like Oklahoma city. You have teams like, uh, um, golden state warriors, right? Um, Liam, do you not see there being a, a bunch of trades happen this time? I think that there could be a lot of hectic things happening because a lot of people want, a lot of teams want to move into the top 10 the teams in the top 10 want to move higher. You know, both the Magic and the Warriors have two lottery picks. The Rockets have three first-round picks total, including the number two. It's just a lot of a lot of crazy congestion and a lot of 
random scenarios that could go down for the deepest draft that we've seen since what? Like it's it's probably the deepest draft since literally two thousand three. Now I'm not saying it's going to be as good as two thousand three. No, right. But it's probably the deepest, you know, from a prospect pool since two thousand three. Like there's a reason people want to get into the top ten. The Grizzlies just traded to the ten, and that's like a good spot. Usually, you know, the NBA draft tapers off at picks five or six. This draft is going, you know, ten deep. And if Davion Mitchell falls or Jalen Johnson, who's pretty raw, Keon uh, Johnson, yes. pretty raw, you know that, you know, they're gonna fall. They're gonna end up being good players that you're gonna get at pick seventeen, pick thirteen. That doesn't happen in every NBA draft. Can you so imagine? A lot of can a you lot imagine of being down that low and getting Mitchell? I mean. The defensive player of the year. Listen, the, the guy is David, phenomenal. You guys have watched. You guys have watched the league as as long as I have. Davion Mitchell is is the consummate Grizzly or Indiana Pacer. So he's going to enter thirteen. I promise you. Somebody just said, "Can I tell you a secret?" Hmm. Um, I know where I came from. I know this is really all right. Uh, no, I agree, and and the guy is. Is plays out of his mind, and the fact that he hasn't been thought of or moved up like that, and it's crazy too because if you notice how some players and 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 there's a couple of them in here right now that are creeping into that top five, who man, you just watch them start climbing that ladder, you know, and they were down here, and all of a sudden now they're at at number five when they were at ten, you know. Um, how about how about James Booknight? He went from you know it the eighteen to twenty three, now he's at top. Seven pick. Exactly, and you know, and you know why. That man has been tearing out. it up. Yes, he has not. They said that. Well, what that one time he went twenty, thirty some in a row with this one thingy without even blinking. You know, and it has been said right now he's the best shooter in this in this draft. Um, can he? I, I, I'll tell you one thing. He's not sort of confidence. So, you know, he, he, he's he got that going for him. Uh, he can play defense. So that's going to help him out big time. Um, I don't know if he's a great defender, but he does have some defensive skills. At Connecticut, they needed that, right? Um, so let, let, let's just go ahead and start with the NBA draft. And I'm going to go to number one real quick because, whoa. I really don't know what keeps happening. We got somebody else with us, and that's okay. Let's let them come in with us. They can jump in and say what they want to when the time comes. But um, can we all agree on number one? I mean, I've, I've not been big on Cade Cunningham all year. I, Me and Lamar, and Lamar knows. I've, I, we went back and forth on some games that he had all year long. And um, I'm, I'm just not sold on him. I think his size and his play to me is there's a ton of them in the NBA just like him. But – in saying that, um, that's why I'm not a GM of any team, obviously, and he'll probably go number one. Am I correct? Yeah, so I think he goes number one. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I see, like, a lot a lot of potential in him. Now, I think, like, he's not the most intriguing prospect to me. The most intriguing prospect is Evan Mobley, but I think mm. the best prospect is Cade, and that's because you have a three-level, an efficient three-level scorer who has, you know, the true ability to run an offense. And that's, you know, a coveted thing coming out of college for a rebuilding team like a Detroit Pistons or a Houston Rockets or, or a Cavaliers or, 
or whoever's trying to get, you know, to that number one pick, I don't think the Pistons are going to trade out of it. No. Um, so, uh, you know, they need someone who can be a three-level scorer, who can who can uh, initiate their offense. And he's six eight, and he's a you know a pretty good athlete. He has the the body to become a good NBA defender with uh, you know a little bit more muscle and you know you know hustle and effort, which is a lot of what the defensive end is. I think he's a really, really uh, fantastic prospect as far as, like, all-around game because, I, like I said, he can become a good NBA defender with a little, with, you know, a little work and a little a little elbow grease. And the more and more he improves on his offensive game in a space that should allow him to thrive and let him develop like Detroit, I think he's going to become a star. And... Uh, I think I, I don't think he could be going to a better place because it's a place that needs a scoring small forward, right? Um, and needs needs a guy who can really get them going. I, you know, they don't have Reggie Jackson and uh, Andre Drummond anymore. They're they're working with Killian Hayes and and Sekou Degamboya and uh, who, who am I forgetting? Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant. Grant. And yeah. who was their other rookie last year that you know played really well? Uh, I know you're talking about, but I can't think of his yeah. name. Can't, right can't now. think of his name. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, that, I get you. That's a good core for with a former coach of the year and Dwayne Casey, who you yeah. know, you know, just the other week, Terrence Ross was advocating for him, and I asked him about him because I was Terrence Ross's coach for a long time in Toronto. Right. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, and I and I and I could see him doing good, especially. To me, that might be the only only good spot. But Lamar, tell me because I know that you're high on him too, right? Yeah, some games, some of the games I watched, I was kind of like blah about him. But then I watched the game, I think in the Big Twelve tournament, he mm-hmm. went off and scored forty points. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah, his, his size is going to be a big key factor. Whatever he, whatever he lack in athletic ability, his size can make up for it. But uh, so is he just a better Ben Simmons? Uh, no, because no, because Ben Simmons can't score and will never be able to score like Cade can. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if at Cade's defensive peak he could ever do what Ben Simmons can do defensively. Because Ben mm-hmm. Simmons is just a a better pure athlete. I think they're two different players. I, I don't. I don't think you can look so much at the mold, and you have to look more at the skill set. Also, the pl- the player on the Pistons I was forgetting was Sadiq Bey. Gotcha. Yes, Got you. Yeah, I think oh. uh, I might like him like a like a less a little, a little bit less athletic Grant Hill. I would say. Okay. Okay, I could see that actually. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know what his game necessarily reminds me of because I, I think like is he like is he Kevin Durant? No, but he has the he has the um, overall skill set or package of skills. Like a Kevin Durant, he can like, like Brandon Ingram. Can score from anywhere on the court. Can mm. get in the paint and get a shot off in the paint. That's another thing. Um, but you know, it, it's in a different way than Kevin Durant. Obviously, I, I, you know, wasn't a great comparison player to player before. Right, right, package right. right. Package. But but we can all agree that he's going to go number one, right? Detroit ain't going to. Detroit's not I, about I, to pass that up, right? I think so. <laughs> I think he has to. And, okay. and like even if he doesn't go number one, right? Like don't like don't be a Sixers from a few years ago where you trade you know the house to get Markel Fultz at one when Boston was going to take Jason Tatum at one regardless 
don't get played like that. Yeah. And if you want Evan Mobley or Jalen Green at number one instead of Cade Cunningham, still take Cade Cunningham and then try make and the trade. trade for more later. Right. Kind of like um, what the uh, Giants and Chargers did. Giant, I'm sorry, the Chargers drafted Eli Manning, didn't want to go there, able to get right. a large haul for Phillip Rivers later in the draft. Right, right, right. Okay, I mean, all that makes sense. So let's move on to number two because that's where it gets – I mean, not really, but that's where it starts to get – more people more uh, choices at the number two spot so that that's the rockets obviously um lamar who do you think the rockets are going to go for i would take mobley but i think they're going to take Jalen green because they already got christian wood uh green is a good explosive guard can score and dangerous in open court kind of kind of he's six six but only weigh like 185 or something like that so he's kind of right. small on the weight side but he can score that's a theme this year, though. That's what they need. Right. What, who do you see the Rockets going for, Liam? Jalen Green's an electric athlete. He's an awesome He's, scorer. Mm. And if you really think about it, both Jalen Green and Devin Mobley are really good fits on the Rockets for what they have going with Christian Wood, um, right. with Kevin Porter Jr., right? So um, they couldn't really go wrong either way. But I'm with Lamar. I think they take Green, even though I would take Mobley. And the reason I would take Mobley is because while you're not at a loss for taking Green, and you do need that you know small forward position again filled, and he's a hyper athlete, mm-hmm. Evan Mobley just has a different sort of skill set than like we've ever seen. And like he kind of reminds you like there's so many different things that like that that he like reminds you of like a like a Joel and he could. Like not as dominant as Joel Embiid, but like Joel Embiid's skill set with better passes. I see AD. Nikola Jokic, yeah. Same thing I see. Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis's skill set, but like with better passing, or Nikola Jokic's skill set with more athleticism and better on defense. Like it's just a, it's a lot of a lot of combinations that he fits in. It's just this really raw prospect who's going to become a better shooter. He has a really nice stroke for his size. Yeah. And I think that you could get like a potentially all-time defensive front court with you know, as far as mobility and being able to rim protect and stretch the floor a little bit on defense with him and Christian Wood, and they wouldn't right. take up each other's space too much on offense because Mobley can stretch out and so can Wood, so they could actually play one in, one out, and alternate there right. and cause defensive fits. Right. So I would take Mobley. I just think that the intrigue of that roster construction is is too good to pass up for a young GM like Raphael Stone, who's got to nail this pick. Right. Um, for me, I see I, – I think they're going to take Green also. And I'm going to just say this right now. I feel Green is going to be the most dominant rookie in, in the NBA this year. And it's because he has – has this first of all he's got mad skills i mean i don't i don't know he's a he is uh uh a uh, uh, god how could i forget this guy's name detroit pistons great joe dumars he's i mean the, the the guy he where you could he can score he could score down low he could score out here um and he's done it against talent that is higher quality than he was than he would have been playing in college and he dominated in that g league so to to me, I just see him as coming in, and he's going to be he he he's going to be one of those best ones. But I agree everything that you said, Liam, about Mobley, because 
that guy is, is is going to be fanatic too and and his size and the things that he can do are so intriguing that when you see guys like joker doing what he's doing now at his size um for a little lesser of, of it uh Nurkic even um it intrigues you when you see a guy like that you know who who you, you could get for sure so in saying that too though should should we just pencil him in then if green does go to the rockets then cleveland would be a fool to pass up on mobley right Oh, yeah. They're taking over it. And wouldn't that look nice, too? I mean, I've not been a big Cleveland fan, but yeah. come on. Wouldn't that look nice with him and... Uh, uh, so, that would even be better, better defensively, like, than I said, than um, Wood and Mobley. But the thing that you're losing with Jared Allen is the ability to stretch on offense with the two of them on the court at the same time, like you can with Christian Wood. Because Jared Allen needs to rim run like with a high pick and roll and rim run or just stay closer under the basket. So then that would basically delegate Mobley to almost full-time stretch position unless he too is rim running. So I think that the fit isn't as good as it is with um, Christian Wood. Right. But defensively, I think it's better. And if they're moving, if they're trying to move Sexton right and have a, have a Garland and Mobley-centered attack with – with uh, Jared Allen in there, too, to clean things up, offensive boards, um, play decoys, set high screens. Like, that, that's something good going there. I just think it might get a little congested. Um, I, 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 I can see what you're saying there. But at the same time, too, I mean, like you said, Lamar, they would have to be crazy to pass him up, right? I mean, that what he could bring to a team that needs that, first of all, but him and Sexton together, to me, I think that's where you're starting to build that uh, that Murray Jokic thing. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. What if OKC comes in because they remember they tried to get the one pick. They tried to they offered the six and Shea Gilgis Alexander Detroit for the one, and they said no. So what if they came in with that same offer, the six and Shea for the three? So OKC can then grab both. Hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll feel bad for Mobley. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what OKC you trying to do. One minute, they're getting all these picks. Then the, the next, what's the last year, what's the name untouchable? This year, they're willing to move them. So, I, I, have, I, I, have, a feeling, I have a feeling if OKC can't get the top-end prospect they want, that they're going to draft a lot of raw prospects. As the as the order goes on, because they also have three first round picks, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. they, and Houston does. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of um, Could a it, lot of thought process by Sam Presti, you know, going forward in the draft. Yeah. But uh, if, if, we're, if we're saying the Cavs keep the pick, it's it's Evan Mobley. It's it's not even close. There's just so many ways that the Thunder can go. You know, there's just so many ways they can go with what they have. It's crazy. Okay, so we're gonna pencil him in then at Cleveland. We've got the one, we got the two, we got the three. And I'm I don't think I've seen many that's varied too much from that actually. And maybe like you guys said, that two and that three maybe flip flop if depending on how they de- depending on how they play or whatever. But now we go to number four and we got those Raptors, right? Um what are they gonna lose somebody that they you know, had forever or you know What's going to happen with the Raptors? Uh, uh, so, Lamar, tell me what you think they're going to do. Because I, I got a guy I think I know exactly who's going there myself. But go ahead, Lamar. Um, 
kind of hard to say. I've been going back and forth on the Raptors, but I'm leaning towards, uh, I think, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I mean, I'll just go ahead and let you, that's who I believe they're going for, too. I mean, I think, I think they, they, I've had words, they fell in love with him when he was there, and he kind of fits if you think about it. Um, if they're going to lose, uh, um, Kyle, right, then, I mean, but not only that, but listen, the guy can play, right? I mean, he can shoot. He can play defense. He can do that. Now, his his lack of size may hurt him as well, but that's why I said I think that's a, a theme in this draft, actually. There's a lot of 190, 180-pound guys in this draft right now. Um, but, Liam, tell me what you think about the Raptors. Then. Yeah, I think the Raptors take subs knowing that they're losing Lowry. And, you know, there's a chance that you even trade a Van Bleeper or a Gary Trent, right? So then you have your backcourt of, of uh, Jalen Suggs and and Van Bleet if you keep them, or Gary Trent if you trade Van Bleet. Um, and that's what you go forward with. I heard they might, might be trying to get Siakam off too. So this is like a full-scale rebuild. And it starts with this kid, Jalen Suggs, who is a total bombs away. He's fearless. He played high school football. He's a yes, tough he kid, tough-minded. He's smart and he's savvy. And he... You know, don't discredit playing for Gonzaga. Like, mm-hmm. Mark Few is a very, very intelligent coach who 100%. puts people in great positions to win. You know, the presumptive number one pick next year, Chet Holmgren, he was high school teammates with Jalen Suggs. Jalen played a big part in him going to Gonzaga. He's going to dominate this year, you know, going forward. And I just, I trust, I trust Jalen Suggs as a player. He's got that moxie about him that, you know, you just, it's hard to see him failing if he's putting if he's going to put in the work, and you know he's he's a one or two pick in any other draft, it, just like you know um, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley are one or two picks in every other draft as well. Right. Uh, you know you know this draft has four number one picks, three right. number one picks, four number one picks. Right. You know this is this is a steal at number four. The Raptors should just you know be blessed to end up with any of them. So a- a- any of them. So, so the thing, but the thing with Suggs too, he's kind of small, but he plays strong. Yeah, he does. He he knows how to get to the hole. He uses his body well. There, he 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 goes hard in the paint. He doesn't care. Like he's yeah. he's John Morant. He's fearless. He's not the athlete, but he's but he's John Morant fearless. And he sure loves himself. Um, so yesterday, he said, um, "I do not. I don't." When he was asked what he could work on he said he didn't have any faults so you know there's there's that uh he said he would not forgive anybody who did not draft him so any of those teams that did not draft him he remembers things like that Uh, he feels like he is the best player in the draft 100 percent um so i like it you know I, I like the attitude. I think you can't come into a pro league if you do not believe that you belong there. Well, you said that he, he you said he doesn't forget things like that. He's only going to have to remember three names. I've seen Draymond <laughs> rattle off 34 names in a row of the team that yeah. on him in the second round. So you got a little you got a little work to do, Jalen. Right. A work to do. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, that's good. That's good for him, right? Because he doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have, uh, uh, but three teams to worry about that ain't going to get him. But I do see the Raptors taking him, and I and I believe that he is going to succeed um, greatly in Toronto if that's the way they uh, choose to go with keeping him. Because like you guys said, there's there's so much going on. Who knows what's going to happen or where anybody ends up. But for our sakes of right now, I think he stay, he ends up in Toronto. And I think he's he's going to be one of those players, again, that's probably be talked about as the uh, uh, rookie of the year. Um, he's, he's just that kind of guy. He's that kind of player. And uh, uh, I could see him doing what a lot of these rookies nowadays and these young guys have all been doing, right? They come into this league anymore and ain't nobody scared. Nobody's uh, uh, playing that fear game anymore. So um, I like him. I like him as far. Now, here we go, guys, because this is the one where you guys are probably going to have a much different um, uh, opinions. But uh, it's number five. It's the Magic. So, uh, uh, Lamar, tell me what you think the Magic are going to do. Scotty Barnes going to Magic. I like his defense versatility, and he can play make a little bit, and his shooting from the outside is getting better. I think it'd be a perfect pick for the Magic, in my opinion. Okay, go ahead, uh, Liam. Tell me what you think. What the I'm Magic going to do at five? I'm also going with Barnes, and a couple of weeks ago I was thinking Kaminga. But, you know, I think Kaminga's draft stock has fallen a little bit as Barnes has slowly risen, because you know, Barnes was in that six to eight range, but now he's almost like kind of, very I don't want to say locked in at five, but like, I think he's very probable to go at five. And like, if, I think if the Raptors messed up, which Masai Ujiri doesn't do much, but I think, I think there's a chance he even went to four, in which case the, the Magic would be happy to have Jalen Suggs, right? But um, Scotty Barnes, I think, I think you see a lot of uh, Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba in Kaminga which kind of shies you away from taking Kaminga because, like, you've seen it before. Bamba and Isaac have had, had both had trouble staying healthy, like, on the court, right? You've seen people like Hashim Thabit. I know that he's not that tall, but he has that kind of – he has that kind of build where, like, one, it lends itself to injury, but two, how impactful can you really be on the court uh, in this kind of NBA game? And of course, you have to try. It's not the, it's not a great reason to pass on a prospect, right? Just because you're loaded at set position. Come on, my Sixers took centers three years in a row. But um, you know, I I think Scotty Barnes is a little different than what they've had as far as like a playmaking defensive wing, uh, right? Because you have your scoring wings and Gary Harris and and um, Terrence Ross. So I think this is the kind of player. You know, you let him develop his shot a little bit, which wasn't great in college, but, you know, you give him the reins to let it fly and it'll come around and play himself into a really nice 3 and D player. I think the Magic are really excited about it. Also, if you wanted Kaminga at 5, there's a chance you can get him at 8 now, right? So why not take the other player that you don't think will be there at 8? Okay. I was ready to go completely on a different road until that last sentence because... The last sentence makes complete sense for me um, because I have them switched, okay? And here's why. First of all, I don't know where everybody got Barnes climbing up this ladder. He did not even start in his one year in college. So where's the guy that started in front of him? Um, 
Devin Booker didn't start either. He he didn't have. I mean, yeah, but he didn't average. But I mean, what he has is tenacity and and a lot of will. He he is a energetic guy who doesn't sit down on the bench during the game. He's your number one cheerleader always, and everybody loves that kind of guy. So I I understand that you want somebody like that, but do you want him at five? Also, the Magic are loaded at that position. First of all, they love Chuma, okay? Chuma is their golden boy. So he's going to have that position locked down. Nobody's taking that from him. He's there. He's literally their golden boy, okay? Um, They have so many guys. It it would be the same thing as if they had the chance to take, um, like you even talk to Suggs. Now, Suggs, I would take because he's better than than the rest of them probably for sure. But they are so loaded at that position. Um, people are uh, uh, forgetting it all that they have at that at those guard positions. And I believe in Markel like probably nobody else does, um, except for maybe the Magic themselves. Um, but I seen firsthand what he what he was doing last year at his time, where he had numbers that was blowing away his numbers ever except for the time when he was at Washington you know he was feeling the same way he had leadership that he didn't have before people were listening to him the team was feeling him and then that happened to him so I think he comes back and can really kill it but anyway so for me I would go um uh Kaminga because he has that style of play that they need and then I would have took maybe I would have took um, the FSU guy there at, at eight, like you said, right? But now that made so much sense what you said, because if he's not going to be there at eight because of this rising and this up thingy that he has, and because he may have, maybe you do take uh, take him at five then and wait and get uh, Kaminga at eight. So that made more that made a lot of sense right there saying it that way. Um, then you get what you were supposed to well, get you, either you with know, Barnes. You know, the NBA so. teams have different, you know, have intel with other NBA teams, right? So it's it's not like the Magic are going to be sitting on their hands, not communicating with everyone. The NBA war room oh, on draft night is for a, sure is a large hub of information. So if they have any, if they have any indication that Kaminga is going to be falling, you can, you know, because you know there's only two picks between the Magic's picks. Yeah, that makes that it, makes sense it, though. And it's the Thunder and and the Warriors, right? And I don't think the Warriors are looking at a Kaminga. No, I don't so, think so. So it, unless you think the Thunder are taking him at six, you can probably get him at eight. But if you take if you take him at five, who's to say that Barnes doesn't go at six to the Thunder, which I think he might at that point, and then you don't get your two guys. I think you're exactly right. I think if they pass up at five, that he'll he'll definitely if they take somebody else at five. Uh, OKC will definitely take uh, Barnes at six. I, I, I don't I don't even think that would be a, a question right now. So I mean again I, I I that last line of yours that was that was perfect. I think that's exactly right considering the situation and how it kind of flip flopped and went back. Um, that brings us though to the Thunder, right? So let's let's just assume that uh, Barnes goes to to the Magic for the for the sake of of what we're doing here. Now who does the Thunder go after? I really think the Thunder are going to try and make a serious play to trade this pick, whether it be like move back for more capital even and and a player, or um, or like like I said, I think they might even try to move up because it, it seems like they're trying to move on from Gilgis Alexander if they can move up. 
But if not, then they're going to try and build with Shea Gilgis Alexander. And really? in which case, then I think they go with Book Knight because I think Book Knight's a really good pairing next to Gilgis Alexander. And you have Moses Brown, and you got a few promising pieces. About seventy-three thousand eight hundred and fifty draft picks over the next six years. <laughs> so you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of areas to plug holes. There's a lot of moves to be made by one of the more savvy GMs that we've seen over the past decade, and Sam Presti. Like that, this guy's handled superstars, and this guy's handled rebuilds. He's seen it all, right? So yeah. he knows what he's doing with these picks. And I think that if he can't move up in the draft with Shea, then he takes Book Knight to build with Shea. There's your backcourt going forward, and I think that's a really, really nice-looking backcourt in a in a space and pace kind of league. You know, you got your shooter and you got your playmaker who scores a lot. Gilgis Alexander is really good, man. Like, you know, he he gets lost. Yeah. He gets lost a lot playing yeah. an OKC, right, yeah. or being a being a second fiddle on a Clippers team as a rookie. He gets lost. He's a really good player. That would be a hell of a backcourt. He is. He is. I agree, Todd uh, Lamar. Got. I don't think they're going to pick there either, but I've got them taking book night if they do pick there. can shoot, play a little bit defense, and fits what just the NBA, the NBA is going for a lot of three-point shooting now, so I think it'll fit there, but I really don't see them. I, I really see them trying to move that pick, either get more picks or jump up. So do you both agree that that more than likely – they will trade that pick, or are they, or, or maybe even make a pick for for a trade, that kind of thing. I, I think I I don't know if they move up or back, but I do think that they move out of that spot. I think that they could trade up like to you know say three or four by moving Shea in the six pick. I think they could move back by taking in Ben Simmons and trading Shea to the Sixers. Man, I think there's a lot of things here, that, um, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of things on the table for the Thunder, specifically in this draft, because of the picks that they have, but also the situation they're in as a franchise. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that that would bring us then, if, if, if we think that they're going to do that, uh, where does that leave Golden State? Because they would be up next. And are they sitting around waiting for what Oklahoma does? Or do they have a guy in mind? Or do they trade themselves? Because they also have another pick that's not too far away. Right? 14? 14? Yeah, I think, they, I think they trade as well. I don't see them picking at the 7. They trying to, they're going to try to move up too as well. Oh, so you think, you, get, you think they'll move think up they in the draft? I think they're going to try to. I don't know if they will, but. That's interesting because who would they grab? Who, who, who do you think they might uh, go to go get? Who fits Golden State? Kane Cunningham. Okay. For me, I mean, Evan Mobley is what Evan Mobley is. I think what they would love James Wiseman to be. Okay, and and we know that they're not happy with him, right? So right. they might um, try to move him too. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they move that pick, Hammer Wiggins is probably going on with it, right? For but sure. Let's, yeah. like, for let, sure. let's for the sake of this show just like just go with the pick order and assume that like whoever's there just keeps the pick. Mm-hmm. And in that case, for the Warriors, this is a little out of left field. But the way that they built their team hasn't necessarily always been best player available. They kind of have built their team in more of a fit, like a 
you know, a neat and fit kind of manner, which isn't the smartest way to go, but it's clearly worked for them, right, over the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Moses Moody here at 7, and here's why. Mm. The Warriors love offense, and they're going to be getting Clay Thompson back next year, right? And, okay. and offense is at a premium, and, you know, you don't know how Clay's going to be coming off of an Achilles and a, and a knee injury, right, like on the defensive end. So this dude, not only can he hit shots and grow as a three, he's already a good three-point shooter, right? But he's going to grow and become better. And he has the mold of a really good three and D player in the NBA. And I think that's one of the things that the Warriors are lacking. Um, Because he could be better than Andrew Wiggins, a former number one overall pick. Because he can defend and hit the three at a better clip. And I, I really think that he works well next to Stephen Clay. And I don't, like... Like, yeah, I see the same thing in, uh, what's his name, Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I don't I don't think they take Kaminga. I don't think Davion Mitchell is, you know, the shot maker that, you know, they need. He's definitely the defender that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be taking Josh Giddy. I don't think they're going for raw prospects, clearly, because they want to win now. Right. I think the win-now move that they can make at seven is Moses Moody. You can slot him right into... You can slot him right in your starting lineup. But you can slot him right on your bench. He's going to provide you good 3 and D minutes and, and be able to grow next to Stephen Clay, two, the, two of the four greatest shooters ever. You know, he's one of the, you know, this guy's one of the top three shooters coming into the draft. He's just the perfect mold for the Warriors. And is it a little high for seven? Sure. Then maybe you try and trade back and still nab him at 10, 9 or 10. But um, I, I think that that's the pick, as crazy as it sounds. Um. That's not that crazy. I mean, the, the guy's good, and I'll tell you what, you, you would break Sacramento's heart <laughs> because that's Sacramento's guy. They've made it clear. They've made it unequivocally clear that that's what they're going to – which to me, that's always crazy when I when you hear teams that do what Sacramento has done because you're literally putting yourself behind to me because now everybody's like, oh, you want that guy, do you? <laughs> you know? Maybe I take him and let you have him later for something more than he's worth, right? But – but in any way, I I mean, I agree with you, and there's a lot of people out there who, who agree with what you said. The guy has those, that kind of skills, so he could definitely fit up uh, up there. Um, I think I'm with Lamar a little bit. I think uh, uh, Book Knight would be the, the guy to come in there, and I think he would be able to learn great his shooting style, his thing, fits in with what, what – uh, uh, the Warriors do, and if Clay can't, there's been a lot of talk about whether or not Clay's going to come back or not. Um, I've I've seen the GM of the Warriors himself say he didn't believe he was going to come back at least before Christmas at the earliest. So you're going to need somebody to stand next to him who can shoot the yeah, lights right? out. And Wait, who did you have going to OKC? What's that? Who did you have going to OKC? OKC. Uh, I had Barnes because I took. Kaminga at, oh, okay, at okay, five, gotcha. so I I just assumed, like I said, I didn't think Barnes would last past that if they ended up doing that, but then then I said they would also. It'd probably be the switch of the way there, but uh, but yeah, so so I I see it as book night um if they keep it, but I'm I'm a little bit like both of you. I don't know if they're gonna keep it either. I think they got so many so many plans that they have for what they have, and they're in a unique position too to be as good as they are. Um, and even though they didn't make it very far or whatever, we know they, they've got the skill, they got the people, they got, you know, if Steph turns it back on, all that. Um, so uh, they have, they're, they're in a unique position to do a lot of different things themselves, make the trades, take the picks. You know, they could do whatever they really want to right now, too. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. 
then we got the magic again back at eight. Uh, so let's just assume. Mark, that they, Mark, and yeah, for the Warriors' sake. Oh, uh, I thought he. I thought he said book night. My fault. Go ahead, Lamar. No, I got. Um, I'm gonna go with Moody as well. You talking me into that pick? I think so. It'd be good. <laughs> send this tape to Moody and let you be his hype man there, Lamar, after this one, right? Um, so so now we got the Magic back at eight. Are we all just going to say if uh, Kaminga's there, then, then then that should be the obvious choice for them, I think. And Again, I think he's the fifth because his body, his style of play, he is a little bit raw, but, I mean, he played against the guys too with the great talent and he he succeeded very well in that in the G League so um I just I, I don't I don't really see an argument for any other pick like I'm higher on Davion Mitchell than other people seem to be but if you're gonna take Barnes at five then you can't take then you're not gonna take Davion Mitchell they kind of slot in the same you know kind of player Franz Wagner almost the same way and then you're talking about you know the raw prospects like Keon Johnson, Jalen Johnson. Um, you're talking mm-hmm. about Josh Giddy, who you you know you don't need a point guard. So yeah, I think I think it's just the pick. Like there's there's no other way around it. Right, uh, Lamar, you agree? Yeah, Kaminga. Okay, that brings us to to Sacramento, who like I said for me. Everything that I've read, Sacramento's put it all on the table. They want Moody, so hopefully nobody else gets him above that. But if if he is there at nine, I can almost guarantee they will take him at number nine. What do you see them doing at nine since you have Moody already gone, Liam? Um, I think that uh, well, so like I know that the Kings were also very big fans of Franz Wagner. So oh, at this point, true. then I think that that'll be their pick because. Uh, you know, it looks like they're trying to move on from healed, right? Like that—that's the way it seems. Because I don't yeah. think they want—I don't think they want to run uh, three guard lineups. Like you know, you saw that experiment with the Suns kind of failed disastrously six or so years ago. Um, I don't think they want to be running a three guard lineup of Halliburton, uh, Fox, and Heald. And while Franz Wagner is a shooting guard, he's a shooting guard that you can bring off your bench. Buddy Heald, you're not, like, you really shouldn't be bringing off your bench. So, I think, like, is it a one-for-one swap? No. But, like, is it the way that the Kings should go? Yes. Because there's not, like, a dominant big man on the board for them to take at this current moment unless they want to, like, go into the territory of the unknown and take Sengen. Uh, Maybe I'm saying his name wrong. Alperen Sengen. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say his name. But, you know, he's he's the top center in this draft after Mobley, right? So I, I don't think that, you know, it warrants the pick at nine. So I would go with Wagner, assuming that you move Heald. But that, that does just, like, it doesn't really do much for them moving forward. But it is the Kings. They, they never really do much for them. <laughs> yeah. And I and I agreed. I don't think he'll he'll's gonna be there uh, 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 for camp even. So, um, but Lamar, tell me what you think Sacramento's gonna do. I got them taking uh, Wagner. I, they 
they can even fit well there. He can score. He can handle the ball a little bit. And he plays. He can. And he can play defense. Kings need defense. They their defense was not very good last year. He's a tough guy too. He's a yeah. tough guy. He he can. He's gonna uh, fit in the the game very well. Um, yeah, though King, a lot of Kings fans up here don't want to, you know, listen to the local radio up here since I'm in the Sacramento area. So yeah. they they don't know who the Kings fans up here don't know who they want. <laughs> I was just about to say, I mean, the Kings, I would be almost sad to see anybody end up at, 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 until they get themselves straight. They used to be such a great franchise at one time. Um, so now we have Memphis, who did move themselves up in at the number 10 spot. And this is about as far as I think we'll, we'll, we'll take this today is at 10, guys. But Memphis moved up there, and I, and I believe they moved up there for a reason. Uh, reason again, they kind of like Sacramento. They kind of showed their hand a little bit. But who do you think they're going to take, Lamar? Who does Memphis move Memphis. up and they grab? Memphis, I've been all over for them. I've been all over the place for them, too. Uh, let Liam go first. Give me a minute. No, you go. know what? I want Paul to go first. You <laughs> said you for a reason. What's the reason? What's the reason? The reason is Giddy. Giddly. Why? Is that... Uh, they just love his play. They love his play. They think that he is going to fit next to um, Jaw and that it's going to be that kind of dynamic thing. Um, they have expressed that uh, he's the best uh, top prospect from Europe, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I was gonna say Australia. I don't know. <laughs> didn't know how to put that into that, but you're right. It's a whole totally different continent there. Um, but so the top, I just meant like as far as overseas. I should have just said that instead of an American prospect. But they believe he's the top one, and and that he's got the the. Um, I I dare to say the Lucaness in him, but um, I think that's what they're counting on. So um, that's my that's my All thought. Right, well. I think that they like Wagner, but obviously I think Wagner's gone. I think they like Giddy, but I'm not sure the necessary purpose it serves unless you like want to put him more off ball. Because I, I don't think I, John Morant, for how good he is, his only like the only way John Morant really works off ball is as a backdoor cutter, and I, I don't think you want John Morant in that role. So he's going to be your primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the point is in drafting a six foot nine point guard. Um, that can that can play both on and off ball. That you unless you're just specifically trying to move him off ball as he fills in as a shooter and defender. I, I don't know. So, like, could they take him? Sure. I'm not sure the message it sends. So I'm going with uh, I'm going with a little you know I'm I'm a little split. I'm thinking, do you want some offense? Do you want some defense? Uh, I think I, I think I think you have to take the good with the bad. And, you know, it's down to Corey Kispert and Davion Mitchell for me. And I'm going to mm. take Davion Mitchell because Corey Kispert offers you almost nothing on defense, whereas Davion Mitchell offers you a premium on defense oh, yeah. and burgeoning offense, right? Yeah. I'm taking yeah. Davion Mitchell because he feels like a grizzly. He's like Tony Allen. He's like John Morant. He's like Zach Randolph. He just feels like a Memphis grizzly. And, right. like, and, He's there at number ten because I, you know I yeah. think he's good enough to go. I think he's good enough to go at five, but he's going to be there at ten. I don't think that you can pass up. And their uh, their general manager, I'm blanking on his name. I'm really upset about that. Um, but he, he's done, he's done a very very good job constructing this roster. 
And yeah. I think that this would be a, a piece that um, just like really works out in their favor because of how hard he works. He's a national champion. He's a get it out the mud kind of player. And the, uh, the Grizzlies are a get it out the mud kind of franchise. He yeah. slots in perfectly in that lineup as a small forward. I just think that that's the way to go. And, um, you know, that's just, I, I really, I really, really want them to take it. I really, really want them to take Davion Mitchell. I really, really do. I, I mean, I, I, see Giddy. I, I, I can see Giddy too. I mean, once again, this is the third time this show that you have spoken and and grabbed one me or Lamar because you just, I mean, you that was that was exactly right. I mean, he, what he would fit into Memphis is is exactly what they need, what they're looking for. With him, with Jaw, would be an amazing pair right there I, I love Mitchell's game I agree with you about him being able to go up that high because if the Magic who also need that kind of play took him at number five or number eight I wouldn't be mad at all like like Mitchell has that kind of potential and like you said he may not have the best offensive game right now but that will come that can come and, and, and he works so hard you know that it's going to grow and I'm yeah. sorry the Grizzlies yeah. general manager's name is Zach Kleiman I'm sorry I forgot that yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm with you, and you, you convinced me. I mean, I, like I said, all I've heard is them giving away what they were going to do, but that makes so much more sense to me. Um, Lamar, what do you think about Memphis and, and, and uh, uh, Mitchell? No, oh, we lost you, Lamar. You're on mute, Lamar. Mute. All right. <laughs> there you go. I got, them, I got them taking Keon Johnson. I think him and John are backcourt would be – Explosive because Johnson is that very athletic, kind of yeah. small on the weight side, but he's athletic and finished well in open court. Got a little bit of playmaking ability. Got to get a little bit stronger, but I like the, them two in the backcourt. Right. Yeah, like I said, I think that's a theme this year. They're all going to have to hit the weight room. But yeah. um, so since we we went like that, we got I got one more thing that I wanted to throw in, but I think we've almost answered that already, and that would be the. The sleepers, the ones that could creep up into number 10. But I believe that Mitchell and Johnson are both of the two that I had down as two that could sneak up somewhere even into that uh, 8, 9, 10 range and uh, would be fine. So uh, do you guys both see it the same way, that those two could be the two? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think those two could fall farther than people expect. I think they could rise farther than people expect. I think the same thing out of Davion Mitchell. I think the same thing out of Scotty Barnes. I think there's a lot of mm. I think there's a lot of room for there's a lot of room for shakeup in this draft. There's a lot of room for for you know miscast knowledge. We you know there's a lot of shakeup in the uh, NFL draft a couple months ago, and I think we're I think we're roaring for the same thing. I I totally agree, and I think that we what we've just went through tonight I think will probably seem funny and moot. When it's all over and we see all the changing and the the yeah, trades and the the, are, right? the thing, yeah, we'll be sitting there going, oh, I never even thought of that. <laughs> that, was, that was a good move. Um, <laughs> so I, I mean, I totally agree. It's like that. So uh, um, that's that's our top ten for the NBA draft this year, which is going to be a great draft. It's a great time. I'm looking forward to um, sitting in with the Magic again and. And this will be the second year, and, and I love it. I love every minute of it. And so I'm, I'm really waiting on that. 
Um, let's go ahead though and uh, let's do a final a final word. So uh, Liam, why don't you kick us off with the final word? Daryl Morey, trade Ben Simmons. Get my man Joel a new crime partner. I don't care who it is, but I love the balls and the tenacity that you've been going out for with these trades. The trade to the Rockets, or I'm sorry, the uh, trade proposal to the Raptors, the decline trade from the Pacers. You aren't messing around, my friend. Just don't mess it up. Don't mess around. Don't mess up. Get this guy out of the town. Improve this team like the best GM in basketball knows how to. And do it by tomorrow night, please. <laughs> That's great. And somehow I, I thought that might be coming. Uh, Lamar, go ahead and give <laughs> us your last word. Uh, be on the lookout for Isaiah Williams out of Stanford. I think he don't. Oh. I think he's gonna be a good player in the NBA. He didn't. He didn't play like he was projected to play in Stanford, but he can score the basketballs. Good pick and roll. Good off ball defender. Good instincts. He could get bigger like everybody else need to do. But I think him going later in draft, going to a better team, could also help him too. Right. Getting with players and coaches that's Help, help him along the way and stuff. So be on the lookout for him. I think he's going to be – turn out to be one of the better rookies in this draft. Great last words, both of you, because I forgot about him too, Lamar. He is really good. Um, he could – I should th throw him right up in those, those other two for one of those sleepers that come up. For me, even though I love the NBA as much as it is, tonight I'm going to switch it up and go to football because – Fantasy is coming around the corner. We got six leagues, you guys, to jump in. I hope both of you are in at least one of those leagues because I plan on winning all of them. And, and I'm going to start with taking a whole Denver Broncos roster as my roster. So that's my last word right there. Mark it down right now. I'm winning my fantasy league with Broncos, and the Broncos are winning the Super Bowl this year. There we go. Okay, guys. Bronco. Said, oh, I got Locke as my quarterback. I'm taking Sutton. I'm taking. I'm taking uh, uh, Judy. I'm taking Fant. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking them all. Okay. I'm taking them all. All right. And I'm. And, the and, I'm and I'm winning it all. <laughs> so all right, guys, oh, man. Good God. You are hurt that you didn't get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, we're getting Deshaun Watson. Remember. <laughs> We don't endorse that until it happens. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, guys, man. It was great again. Let's get together next week. Uh, we have a special guest coming next week, I believe. Uh, a little hint, he's an ex-Major League Baseball player. So, uh, Lamar, get your baseball game on. Yeah, I'll be ready. Be, be ready for my man. Uh, I will let you guys know more about that. But thank you guys for joining us for this one. And we'll talk more NBA as well when it's over and see how wrong we all were. Uh, uh, I appreciate it, Lamar. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Liam. Thank you so much. And, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace.